0: Welcome into the Balancing Act. I'm Dan Strafford. Today, Andy and I are talking about a timely and potentially controversial topic that's related to our previous series on the reskilling revolution. We're gonna be exploring the oft-used phrase phrase, nobody wants to work anymore. The phrase is not new and has echoed through the years as members of older generations question the work ethic of the generations that follow them. However, the phrase has become seemingly more toxic during the pandemic employed by many as catch-all for a host of supply-demand imbalances that exist in today's labor markets. Now, over the course uh, course of the next few episodes, Andy will be talking to guests about their perspective on the challenges that face hiring managers today and unpack the root causes to the Great Resignation and other tectonic shifts that are occurring in the talent economy. That's a big setup here, Andy, Uh, but I do want to (laughs) say... Um, Hi, and hope you're doing well. How's life? How is the Midwest? How is the weather starting to warm up? Things good? Yeah,
1: everything's uh, cool up here in the great white north of Wisconsin. Um, It's not as... uh it's not as snowy as it used to be back in the day, uh, and spring comes much earlier. I, I had my uh, hip replaced uh, a couple of weeks ago. I'm now today is three weeks in, and I'm All right. a lot more mobile. And the pain that I had uh, that uh, that 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 was really killing me before is traded for a different kind of pain, but one that I know I can manage going there you forward. Go.
0: Yeah. There you have it. I think that's great. It's uh, you're now a bionic man, right? You can start. You know, was it the six million dollar man? Is that what the the show was yes, many sir, years Steve, ago?
1: Steve. Steve Austin. You just
0: need to keep building parts, right? Over time, get get yeah. the adamantium from Marvel Universe, and you'll be Wolverine. it will be fine. You'll be great. Um, uh, Eddie, wow. I I think this is a phrase that. You're spot on. The, the introduction here, it, it's gained momentum is how the 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 phrase I would use. It seems to be a b- lot more pervasive in the way it's used and the way it's almost you know deployed by certain people. Is the best way I can use it. Uh, why do you think this phrase though, nobody wants to work anymore is so unhelpful at a time like we're at right now?
1: Yeah. You know, when I was a young man, uh, as you mentioned at the outset, uh, the generation that came before me had this narrative about my generation. You know, my generation didn't want to work anymore. And so that side of things is kind of constant. Uh, The next generation never works as hard as the generation that comes before it. But but now this phrase has uh, is so black and white and it's uh, it's so unhelpful because it's just it's you're you're trying to compartmentalize. An entire series of talent market challenges, all in one phrase, right. and it's uh, you know, and it's mainly making it a derogatory kind of again weaponized statement uh, to talk about everything that's wrong with the decisions right. that are being made by uh, by by the by by the people that are involved in the great resignation I was on a flight uh, from Mexico back to the United States uh, earlier in the year from vacation and you know the uh, shockingly the pilot comes out for a restroom break and strikes up a conversation with the people in the front row and they're talking about how you know more bags get lost now and that's because nobody wants to work anymore quote unquote uh, and and I was, uh, I was I was just I was shocked. Number one that the pilot would come out <laughs> and, and start and start talking like that, and moreover, he was talking about his own team members. He he was referring to to people in his business that uh, that that quote-unquote don't don't want to work anymore. So right. talking in a very, very derogatory fashion about people who are frankly starting to change their minds about their relationship with work.
0: It makes total sense uh, as a sort of a stage setting here for this discussion, uh, and I think you nailed it right there, the, the, the relationship we have with our work and how we're assessing that. So as we discuss, uh, I do want to level set a term I used in the intro, great resignation, just so again everybody's on the same page and understands what we're talking about. Can you give us, you know, level set on what that term is referring to?
1: Yeah, over over the last eighteen months, uh, there have been uh, a tremendous number of individuals who have left their current jobs. Uh, and are looking for new work. Back in uh, January, according to the u s. Department of Labor, four point three million people uh, quit their jobs just in January, and that was uh, very near the the record that was set back in uh, back in November. Uh, there are eleven point three million job openings right. uh, in 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 the marketplace. Uh, and and so this, you know, the the Great Resignation is part of. It is a key driver of, but not the only driver, but a key driver of these very large supply and demand Im- imbalances. You know, we talk about supply chains uh, in terms of driving. Uh, broken supply chains that are helping to drive inflation on a, on a global basis and sitting right alongside that is this uh, massive uh, game of musical chairs. That's, uh, that's happening uh, in, uh, in our talent markets where in, where, where individuals are really re again, rethinking their, uh, their relationship with work and taking action on it.
0: You know, we've, you you've hit on some of these already but I, i'm wondering is there one primary cause in your viewpoint of the great resignation what what would that be for the listeners who're trying to really understand what's going on here yeah
1: on the saturday morning muse on on my website uh you know, we're talking a lot about trust versus accountability. Yep. We've we've had an entire series on that here on the podcast. Uh, so, uh, you know, people are—I I would say two things here. You know, people are uh, are rethinking their relationship with with work, uh, and one of those rethinks uh, has to do with their own the alignment of their own personal purpose, which with that of the corporation that, uh, that they work for. Uh, people are, uh, you know, the pandemic has really the great awakening, if you will, uh, of, of the mindset of, uh, you know, do I really want to put up with that? toxic work environment that boss that has had their thumb on uh, on on everything that i do i don't have a lot of agency i don't have a lot of autonomy yep. uh, i'm not making the contribution that i feel that uh, that I that I should be making, and uh, and my personal purpose, what makes me tick, the answer to why I exist, doesn't align with that of the of with that of the company that I'm uh, that that I'm working for. So I kind of minced two things together there, uh, but uh, one is my personal purf- purpose and yep. the alignment of that, and the other is uh, I is the awakening of. Gosh, I've been putting up with work yeah. that is and and toxic work environments, uh, and I'm 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 exhausted when the day is over because there's not the fit and and fitness, and and folks are now willing to take that the uh, those leaps that uh, maybe they were not willing to take before.
0: Yep. And understanding of self-worth, uh, comes a long way. And I think more people have been empowered, uh, to, to understand themselves more in, in relation to work. What's the biggest risk though, uh, for corporate leaders as they face work, rebalance talent, supply and demand. What, what's the risk you see for leaders out there that they really have to assess and understand?
1: Yeah, th- this is, uh, uh, simple, uh, and, and probably too black and white. You know, we're, sure. we're complaining about a, a phrase that gets applied in a black and white fashion to a set of very complex issues. Uh, but the, what I'm about to say is uh, potentially also in that category, uh, which is uh, leaders and managers who want things to go back to the way things were. Yep. You know, we, we we hear it all of the time uh, in in many circles that we we just want to go back to normal. Completely understandable. Humans abhor change. Uh, human humans uh, hate change, and we've been through so much. Just gut wrenching change. We've watched we've watched people die. We've watched, uh, you know, things that we've held dear for uh, for decades just get totally uh, tossed up and jumbled uh, during the pandemic. Uh, so yes, folks don't like change, and I completely understand why a leader or manager would want to you know quickly go back to the way things were because you know hey that's that's comfortable that that and and it helps more people become and be comfortable but coming out and hope you know we're moving from pandemic to endemic there is isn't, there is a society there is becoming this societal acceptance of this virus it is going to we're going to be living with it for an extended period of time uh, but the last thing that we should do is imagine that we're all going to go back into the office and we're all going to sit in a cube and we're all going to just go and we're all going to drive 30 minutes back uh, back and forth uh, an hour hour back and forth to work and listen to podcasts in the car and ignore our families, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and all, all the things that, uh, that we were doing before. And to imagine that the world of work is going to be the same is, uh, is, is just a terrible, uh, mindset to, to have because the world is not going back to, to the, to the way it was.
0: It makes so much sense. And, uh, clear-eyed from my perspective uh, of what's happening to to the way you're talking about it. Um, but I, it is worth such a, a broader discussion. So I'm really looking forward to the conversations you're, you're going to have to dive into this topic uh, deeper as uh, you go on. Before the show, though, we were talking about the connection between the reskilling revolution and the Great Resignation. Uh, can you bring the listeners in on that conversation?
1: Yeah. So we've spent a number of episodes talking about the reskilling revolution and the need for alternative pathways in, into the world of work. Again, uh, uh not a, a, a very strong rethink of our relationship with talent and how people become prepared, uh, prepared for the the world of work. Uh, the Great Resignation is this rethink from the individuals' uh, side. Uh, in uh, so you've got corporations, uh, thinking about how reskilling needs to happen, uh, and, and talent management within their organizations. You have individuals through the great resignation, having very similar, uh, conversations with themselves and their families about their relationship, uh, with, with work. So tying those two things together, or at least, uh, uh, Some sort of thread between them, I think, is uh, is is very important. So. As individuals rethink their relationship with work, they should also be uh, taking an inventory of their of their skills uh, and aligning their current skills with the with the skills of the future. Because this hot job market is not going to last forever. This ability for an individual to rethink their relationship with work and go out into the workforce and have eight, nine different options or job offers that they that they that they might be able to take, that labor market is going to tighten uh again over time. And it will become uh not a not the seller's market that it is today, but it'll become a buyer's market in the future. And uh yes, keep continually rethink your relationship with 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 work but simultaneously be thinking about the skills that you have how you're uh, how you're applying them and having both a learning and development plan for yourself and then uh, obviously as uh, as a leader of a business you know you hear us talking all the time about having of solid learning and development plan for, uh, for you as a, as a business, a really foundation, you know, it's a foundational part of your business. So just like the, the personal and the professional come Mm -hmm. together, uh, the, the reskilling revolution and the great resignation, I think are, are kind of inextricably linked
0: here. It makes a ton of sense to me, Andy. And I think you, you've started to build the foundation for conversations here with professionals and, and experienced people to hopefully help the listeners break this down. And I've appreciated specifically on this episode, the, the, the dual track to an extent, the idea of the individual who is working and has to think of themselves and also the manager, how to engage with those individuals. Uh, and I'm sure those will be part of the conversations uh, as we go on. There's a lot here there's a it isn't black and white. <laughs> though some advice we may give at times uh, can seem that way uh, but the the guests I'm sure will bring a lot of expertise and knowledge. any final words, any things that pop into your head uh, over this conversation that you want to make sure uh, maybe even people are bringing into those future conversations they'll hear uh, here on the podcast.
1: Yeah, so uh, two things, and I want to make sure I'm going to ask you. I want to ask yep. you a question uh, before before we drop. So make sure you remind me of that. Um, you bet. So two things. Number one, if the words nobody wants to work anymore are forming on your lips before they. Come out. Uh, just do a half halt. Do a gut check, and ask yourself: Is this going to be a really helpful comment uh, in this moment, or am I r- am I really uh, hiding uh, some kind of root cause of how I think about what's happening in a very very complex uh, s- set of uh, set of issues? It's 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 the same as. Uh, people uh, blaming high gas prices on the president of the United States. It, that is such a narrow uh, view. It's it's right. in exactly the same category. Uh, gas prices are a, a wildly complicated set of global issues. Uh, inflation as an offshoot of that is a wildly complicated, you know, take some, do some econ 101, right. kind of no, go back,
0: no, thank you. No, thank
1: you. go back to the complexity of, uh, of markets. Yep. It is, it is never as simple, uh, as, uh, as just one, one catch all statement. So it's kind of general advice. And this particular one, uh, is, uh, is, is just, uh, is, I think su- super unhelpful, uh, super unhelpful for us.
0: I, I, the phrase that always comes to my mind is uh, correlation does not equal causation, right? And just just because things are next to one another or happening at the same time, your example of the president's influence on gas prices, it, that is not an A to B situation. That's more of like an A to M or A to L. <laughs> like There are lots of ways to get there. Um, and I think that's a great point. And Andy, it, the thing we've talked about so many times over, I think there's life advice in your book, and I think there's life advice in these podcasts of we could all do better to think before we speak. <laughs> we could all do better to assess <laughs> Is this helpful? Is what I'm about to share on Twitter, on LinkedIn, uh, on my text chain with my friends, on is this helpful? Is this doing good, or am I being a jerk? Am I, you know, doing something just to feel better for myself? And I think that's great advice for anyone right now,
1: yeah. I. Uh, look, uh, Twitter and social media generally, but, uh, Twitter specifically, everything has to be, and, and the, in the media drives this as well. Everything has to be a headline. Everything has to be boiled down to some pithy, uh, punchy soundbite. And it's just not <laughs> the, the, the real world, uh, does, uh, does, does not work that way. So, um, you know, I, 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 I really think that we need to be much, much more careful uh, with our words. Now, before before we go, yes, sir. W- what's when when you hear somebody throw out that phrase, uh, what goes through your mind?
0: It's I, I appreciate you asking, and I, it's something when we talked about this episode, and we went back and forth on email. You shared notes. Um, I tried to catalog when I've heard it. Right. I've tried to to I tried to sit back and like your conversation, uh, you overheard from the pilot and the uh, passengers on that that airplane. Um, I think there are a bunch of factors, just like we just discussed. When I hear that phrase, I do go generational first. It does feel very much like the, the old guard or the, you know, the retiring class is looking and saying, well, you know, they're lazy. You know, they 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 don't know how to pull themselves up from their bootstraps, all those phrases, right? I think that's part of it. I think it's cyclical though as well. And I've, I've talked to you off air about this, but I find it fascinating the way our education system works in that 60s, 70s, we had skilled laborers, right? And we had trade schools and we had vocational schools that were part of the American fiber. And then somewhere along the way, those were made less than. Hey, you know, you need to go get a college education. You need you need a degree no matter what. You need a degree, you're going to have a degree. Okay. That generation sort of went through. I was probably the tail end of that. You have to have a degree no matter what. You want to go into broadcasting, have to have a degree. You want to be an actor, need to have a degree. Okay. Now we're you need to have an advanced degree. You need to have a masters. You need to have And so it's this cycle of what the older generation is teaching kids and then they enter the workforce and the older generation is, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not what we meant. We still want <laughs> you to work hard. We just meant, you know, you need to have some self-worth. Oh, I do have self-worth. I want to work a job where I care about the outcome. Oh, sure. Yeah, all of us would love that. So it, it's just th- these cycles that I think are, are perpetuating themselves. I think there are tons of people out there who have, to your point, have reassessed their careers and said, hey, I, I don't like this. I, yeah, and I, and I have the opportunity to say no there are plenty of people out there and I, I've been one of them in my life where you need the paycheck and you're going to go in and you're going to work because you need to pay your bills and take care of your family, whatever it may be. But I think we have grown a generation and grown a, a, a middle class that's able sometimes to say, ah, I'm, I'm going to reassess things and I'm going to I'm going to try to find something I love because I spend 60 hours a week doing this thing. I don't want to loathe it. I don't want to yep. you know, come home angry. So I, I, I think this is a great conversation. And what I hope and uh, you know, praise a little strong there, but what I hope is there are managers out there who take this to heart and manage accordingly to help their employees. One, care about the job they have now, so they don't resign. But two, get them to think as a team, as an organization to better everyone. To put everyone in a position where work-life balance is good, product is good, uh, your your customers are happy with your where you're heading, sustainability, all those things. Uh, I think these are great conversations to have. I'm really intrigued by who's going to be coming on to talk about this uh, and and really dive into the topic. Um, I don't know if you have any previews for us there, anybody that you've lined up yet, but the, can can you divulge anyone yet, or are we still keeping that close to the vest?
1: Yeah, we're going to have uh, our our old colleague uh, Lauren Thomas tavell who's at Two U uh, uh, on the on the show. We're going to have uh, uh, future of work thought leader uh, from Canada, Jared Linson, on the show. Uh, so we're, we'll we'll have uh, we'll, and then some additional guests that are yet yet to be named, uh, but b- before you do the outro, there's that yep. there's a second uh, piece of advice that I wanted to give. Yes, please. And uh, and and that is. That the labor markets, although this is a seller's uh, mm-hmm. market for talent uh, right now, and we are thinking, rethinking our relationship with work, we do want high trust, high accountability uh, environments. Uh, let's make sure that we're not swinging too far. Uh, and uh, and you know, the, what I'm alluding, what I'm alluding to there is that. The seller of talent, meaning the individual who is selling their talents uh, to 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 the company, um, I, I don't want to see us tip over into an environment where there's almost a a, a disrespect for for the for the work environment that gets established. Oh, I'm a potential employee of yours. You, I am Superman. Uh, I'm coming to your rescue. Right. Uh, you need, you need to love everything that I do. Yes. We're coming out of, you know, decades of managers and and toxic work environments and low trust work environments that were driven by accidental managers. Uh, and so, you know, we, we, and now, now managers need to be much more careful about what they say and what they do to ensure that they keep everybody happy. Uh, none of that in the long term is healthy. There has to be a a, a balance that's struck between employer and employee and the tools that we're developing here at andrewtempty.com and in our next book, uh, and having everything aligned on the foundation of purpose and building those high trust, high accountability environments uh, will help strike that appropriate balance uh, so that we're uh, so that uh, um, uh, leaders, managers, individual contributors, we're all rowing in the same direction. We're all being very respectful to one another. We all uh, we all understand the work-life balance that we're all trying to, uh, to achieve. So, uh, so to swing, to come out of this and swing all the way to the other side where the employees have all the power (laughs) and, uh, and, you know, management is terrible. And, you know, let's, uh, let, you know, let's, uh, let's make management feel bad about being managers. You know, let, let's, let's strike the appropriate balance there.
0: Yep, a uh, little, little humble. Let's all be a little humble and be accepting. A uh, little grace, uh, as as we all come out of uh, the pandemic and whatever else is going on in the world. Uh, there, there is a lot constantly on everyone's mind. So I think balance is uh, obviously the key phrase here on the Balancing Act podcast, uh, but also makes so much sense uh, when it comes to how to operate and how to. Uh, enter into that contract, right? When you're when you're going to work for someone or you're hiring someone to work for you, uh, the balance uh, of everything matters so much. Andy, um, where can people find, I know there's the book, there's the podcast, there's the uh, the website. I guess the website is the best place for people to start. Where, where can we send them?
1: Yeah, the website's the best place andrewtempty.com that's where the saturday morning Muse is the podcast is all there uh, but please uh, subscribe rate and like the, the the podcast your your rating is uh, is is very very important to us so we we appreciate that
0: the algorithms love the rating <laughs> so you always want to rate and like and share on social media and find andy on linkedin You know, uh, he he loves conversations, uh, as uh, I hope exhibited by this podcast uh, and I've seen over the years, uh, loves meeting new people and new perspectives. So if you're out there, uh, definitely link up on LinkedIn. Feel free to reach out to me, too. But I'm less exciting. Uh, Would love to chat with anyone out there in uh, education or the world of work. Again, like, subscribe and rate the podcast on your favorite podcasting app. And Andy will have some great guests coming up on this here podcast. The Balancing Act presented by Andrew Temtey.